What's up, everybody, on this episode of Locked On Sooners? Oklahoma's got themselves another quarterback in the quarterback room. There's top 25 future defensive rankings in college football. We'll tell you where the Sooners land on that list. And plus, Oklahoma softball, we know their postseason destination. All of that on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Josh Helmer alongside, wait for it, that's right, Big Bubba, Joey Helmer of OU Insider dot com of the 24 7 sports network of course again i'm josh helmer of the ref 94.7 fm in oklahoma city thanks for making locked on sooners as always your first listen every single day we're free and available wherever you get your podcast joey what's going on man welcome to the show Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. And uh, this this should be a, this should be a fun one tonight. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about. So mentioned it right off the top. The Oklahoma Sooners, they have gotten a commitment from junior college quarterback and everybody's having fun with the name. It is General Booty coming to Oklahoma, the six foot three, 195 pound sophomore out of Tyler Junior College in Texas coming to OU. He'll have three years of eligibility remaining with the Sooners and he's coming off a breakout season where he threw for 3,115 yards and 25 touchdowns to rank second in the country in the NJCAA in one game last season against Navarro in October he threw for 528 yards and eight touchdowns also I guess ran for 62 yards in that contest as well Joey, he joins an Oklahoma quarterback room that now all of a sudden it is a loaded Oklahoma quarterback room. What do you make of the Sooners' latest quarterback addition in general booty? Well, like you said, this is uh, an all-name submission. (laughs) There's going to be plenty of uh, people talking about his name. and uh, This was a storyline coming out of the spring. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, when Brent Venables was asked about uh, some of the the things they needed to maybe address moving forward and uh, if they would potentially look for a, a quarterback in the transfer portal. And then, of course, they did. And then now <clears throat> you add Booty as well from uh, Tyler, like you said, through for more than 3,000 yards uh, this past season at the JUCO level. And uh, but clearly Oklahoma has addressed uh, that need Uh, The last thing you want to do is have an issue with Dylan Gabriel and feel like uh, you you don't have a reliable option behind. Now, that's not to say that Nick Evers, um, a a very talented uh, signee who also went through this spring, is not uh, serviceable and not able, capable of coming in and doing so as a freshman. But you, you don't necessarily want to have that be your route. So, um, yeah, this is. Um, in, in general, Booty is a, a very good uh, addition for Oklahoma and obviously something that they wanted to uh, take care of and address here. And it's a couple of quarterbacks that, again, they've added here recently out of the transfer portal. They got started, we know that, with uh, UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel. He's going to be the guy. There's been, you know, 
no hidden agenda from Oklahoma on that. Jeff Levy's been very clear that Dylan Gabriel's the starter. But like you said, you've got a four-star signee and Nick Evers, who admittedly, I think Evers is on record as saying that, you know, he's not, didn't really come to Oklahoma with the expectation of starting in year one. The interesting thing with Davis Bevel is he's somebody that Joey is a prototypical quarterback, six foot five in stature. And, you know, oddly enough, at a place like Oklahoma, it's kind of wild to say this. OU's not really had a guy like that in a while. I know that obviously we're talking about general booty tonight, but just the overall uh, quarterback room that Oklahoma's got all of a sudden. And Booty would fit that qualification as well, where he's a little bit more, more prototypical. Three. Meanwhile, Oklahoma's kind of had Mayfields and Kyler Murray's of the world. This is a little bit different. Yeah, like you said, I mean, Kyler uh, Murray and Baker Mayfield, even Jalen Hurts, you know, isn't necessarily, necessarily the, that typical guy that you're talking about. So, um, yeah, you, you get that. And then uh, obviously in uh, Bevel from Pitt. So, uh, a guy that did, didn't play a ton, but the, you, you just feel like you have got a much better situation in, in terms of if something, you know, God forbid, should happen to Dylan Gabriel, you, you feel you, you've got the depth there. Look, Oklahoma lost uh, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams, and now, um, you know, they bring Dylan Gabriel in, and they've got some guys behind him. So, uh, that, to me, when you're coming out of the spring, that, that was important. Uh, they needed to uh, kind of shore that up a little bit, and they certainly have, no doubt about it. You know, my first reaction, Joey, when Davis Bevel, the pit transfer, came to Oklahoma was, hmm, this tells me a little bit about what Jeff Levy and Brent Venables and this offensive coaching staff just collectively, and particularly maybe both Venables and Levy because – they're the new faces on on campus as the head coach and then obviously Levy as the offensive coordinator. I didn't think that was necessarily the greatest endorsement for Micah Bowens. How do you sort of how do you react to these two additions in the quarterback room? Is that a commentary on Bowens? What would be your reaction to that? It is. I think there's not maybe not another way to look at it. And for Bowens, um, I think He's a guy that's been committed to this program. That needs to be said. And um, I, I'm not so sure, though, that if he wants to play, that if he doesn't need to switch and think about another position at some point here, um, I think that could potentially be the route. But, um, yeah, I, you look in, in Nick Evers, and then obviously these two guys you bring in, you, you have a couple of walk-ons as well, Ralph Rucker, obviously. So, um Again, I, I just keep coming back to uh, you, you feel better about that situation. And now I've said a number of times, um, obviously, you don't want to go to your backup. And I, I feel like Dylan Gabriel certainly is going to have a chance uh, to compete for a Heisman Trophy this year in Jeff Levy's offense if it comes to fruition like they're expecting. So uh, just a lot of good uh, positives that we can talk about with that signal caller, caller position right now. We could talk Oklahoma quarterbacks and this Jeff Levy offense all night. That could be the whole this episode of Locked On Sooners. But to to give us some time to talk about these future top 25 defensive rankings that I think you're going to find pretty interesting, Joey. 
just your general reaction to what the spring looked like for Oklahoma offensively, what you saw from Jeff Levy and his quarterbacks. I know obviously we're talking about some additions in the quarterback room, but what did you make of what you saw so far from Jeff Levy's offense, the glimpses we saw this spring and your impressions of Dylan Gabriel? Okay. So you guys have probably talked about this some, I would imagine, but Oklahoma is going to move offensively. They are going to be fast. They are going to be explosive. They're going to be fun to watch. Oklahoma fans are going to love watching this offense and what Jeff Levy is going to do. I think, you know, as fast as they go, they're they're going to spread the ball. They're going to get the ball out quickly. And you know what? By the way, they're also going to use the power running game. I think Oklahoma, uh, that's something that Jeff Levy really loves. And uh, Oklahoma fans are going to really like seeing that again, uh, the power run game. And um, the offensive line, you know, a number of times that I was able to talk to them this spring, I think it alleviates some of the pressure off them as well. You look and they're bringing in, obviously, two new starters to this group and kind of trying to mold that uh, group together. Andrew Rain was a little bit banged up this spring, but um, – the pace, I think, might help them at times when they're moving against defenses and imposing their will. So um, if you're asking me what to expect offensively, I think that's just by and large going to be a theme is just how much tempo they're going to have. Everyone, all these players say it's different um, even then. You know, Oklahoma hasn't, hasn't gone slow offensively, uh, obviously, but – uh, this just seems to be a different level, and I think that's going to play to their benefit here moving forward with Jeff Levy. I can't wait, man. That, that's its own topic. We're going to have to get you on regularly. I'm sure John, once he gets back from vacation, will more than endorse that here on Locked On Sooners. I think the running back position is so intriguing entering next year for Oklahoma. We had know a little bit about Eric Gray. Of course, we've seen bits and pieces from Marcus Major. And then the two youngsters coming in. I'm fired up about both Javante Barnes and uh, Gavin Sachuk, who we haven't gotten any sort of a look at. But, okay, we got to shift over to the defensive side of the football. That is uh, right up Brent Venable's wheelhouse. There's future college football defensive rankings. They, well, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg came out with his top 25 uh, defensive rankings in college football for the next foreseeable future, the next three seasons. I'll let you be the judge, Joey, on whether or not they're fair, foul for the Oklahoma students. Just your reaction to those rankings. First, though, let me talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. What if I told you there's something that's as delicious as a candy bar, but it's only got 150 calories, only nine grams of sugar, has 16 grams of protein, though. That's what you're going to find with Built's new Birthday Cake Puffs Protein Bars. I'm Joey, you know this. I'm not a big breakfast guy most work days, but I have to have something in the mornings. Got to get something on the stomach. In this limited time flavor from Built Bar, it's an amazing option. If, again, like me, you're looking for that healthy jump start in the morning and a little variety to start your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So do yourself a favor and go visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Also, go make sure to check out Locked On NBA Big Board, host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, 
and Leif Thulin giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, the mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. We've got the draft coming up here very, very soon, and it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So if I asked you, Joey, Oklahoma defensively, where they're going to be ranked in the next three seasons in the top 25, where do you think Brent Venables and company would check in at? Yeah, you, you know, obviously this is something for Oklahoma. Um, they they need it to be elite again on this side of the ball. And so um, I, I think there's no doubt about it. That That's the standard for Brent Venables is to have a top 10 defense. What the timeline is on that, uh, obviously you want to accelerate it. Will it be this uh, upcoming season? Uh, I, I'm not so sure if that's entirely realistic right off the bat. Oklahoma's uh, losing some good players. They got to develop some depth, really at all three levels, uh, I think. But the talent is there. There, there are some talented uh, pieces on this defense, and so as you project forward, I, I think it, it's realistic in the next few years to say, "Hey, you know, this is this is Brent Venables." Obviously, uh, Ted Roof right now is uh, the coordinator, and uh, like you said, <laughs> Venables is going to have his hands all over it. I mean, he's He's going to have his uh, blueprint on everything. And Oklahoma fans are really excited about that. But uh, the best is a standard. You've heard him say that that many times. And that means elite, elite attacking, playmaking defense, uh, just being enforcers on that side of the ball. And I think that's going to be realistic in a couple of years here for Oklahoma. So if I asked you, just pick a number in the top 25. Did you look at this list already? It, you know, I have kind of taken a peek at it. Uh, I, I I would expect Oklahoma here in a couple of years, though. I'd, I'd want them to be in the top 20, top 15. Well, let's take a look at what Adam Rittenberg had to say about Oklahoma. Number 24. And actually, this is slip sliding a little bit from what they had their future defensive ranking this time last year was 19 a year ago. We don't have to read all of this to you for those of you that are watching along on YouTube, but here's what Rittenberg said about Oklahoma's defense in scouting the Sooners. Quote, I don't love Oklahoma's personnel on defense and thought the unit would be further along than it was at the end of last season. But of new coach Britt Vittables who served as coordinator at Oklahoma from 1999 to 2011 before a highly successful play calling run at Clemson keeps the Sooners in the top 25. Vittables is more than capable of restoring Oklahoma's reputation on defense, especially in a changing Big 12 and during the transition to the SEC. The Sooners will become a bigger threat to add top defensive recruits and transfers as Vittables showed by landing cornerback Gentry Williams. So just a little bit about the top 25 future rankings that Rittenberg put together. I think this is an interesting lens to look at it from, Joey. So just running down the top five for everybody, if you haven't seen this list on ESPN from Adam Rittenberg yet. Clemson ranked as the top defense for the next three seasons. They were number one, followed by Georgia second, Texas A&M three, Alabama four, Wisconsin 5, Notre Dame 6, Iowa 7, Cincinnati 8, LSU 9th, and Michigan 10th. Not going to run down the entirety 
of the top 25, but I will tell you, Baylor was 13th, Oklahoma State was 15th, and really, when you break down the entirety of the top 25s that Rittenberg put together, Joey, there were seven SEC schools ranked in front of Oklahoma and four Big 12 schools before you got to OU at number 24, if you start including Cincinnati, which you have to, right, because they're joining the conference. Uh next season. So Cincinnati, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, all ranked in front of Oklahoma in this future defensive top 25. So what's your reaction to that? Seven SEC schools in front of OU in four Big 12 schools. So a couple of things. Like I said, you know, you want to be in that uh, elite group in that top 10. That's the goal for Oklahoma. Uh, When's the last time that uh, we looked at Oklahoma defensively and said, this is just a nasty group uh, that just gets after you. And so uh, that's what you want. With Oklahoma, the, the second thing is w- when you say seven SEC teams, that's the number that I look to because where is Oklahoma going in the coming years? They're going to the SEC. They need to play that level of defense if they're going to compete in the SEC. And so um, I think, it starts, obviously, in recruiting. You have to get the elite of the elite players. Oklahoma uh, is already starting to do that. They're going to do that. When they go to the SEC, they're going to be able to recruit, I believe, at a different level. But uh, climbing that list, you, you do not want to go in and <laughs> have the eighth or ninth best uh, defense in the SEC. You, you just don't. And so um, I think that's kind of a benchmark for Oklahoma. You look and you – uh, you, you can look at that list and kind of see where you want to be there. I think for me, I'm not going to throw a big stink about it, Joey, because again, it's a top 25 futures defense ranking and it means nothing. It's good for the content cycle. For me, uh, that's that's a couple of stories we could write. That's some broadcasts we could have reacting to it. So from that standpoint, Hey, any content's good content as far as I'm concerned. But I I do look at it and I say, okay, I know Oklahoma was bad defensively in the the secondary. I don't remember exactly what their passing defense ranking finished up, but it was in the bottom third. I want to say it was in the 100s, maybe 109th overall. So that's, that's really, really bad defensively. I get that. I acknowledge that. But you're sitting here telling me, like, okay, Georgia, Texas A&M, Alabama, LSU, even Florida, I can understand being ranked ahead of Oklahoma moving forward. Clemson, yeah, okay. Ohio State, sure. Cincinnati? Cincinnati's going to have a better defense, you're telling me, for the next three seasons than Oklahoma? Oklahoma State? They had a historic 2021 defense. It was the best defense in program history. But the Cowboys, I don't think for the next three seasons, are going to be better defensively than OU. Iowa State is going to have a better defense than Oklahoma? Okay, like I said, you know, Baylor out of the Big 12, I got a ton of respect for Dave Aranda. I could certainly see the Bears being better defensively than Oklahoma for the next three seasons. But all of these different schools are legitimately going to be better than OU. Again, it's it's not super worth getting bent out of shape over, but, I mean, come on. Oklahoma's 24th behind that list of programs. They're going to be better than some of those schools mentioned. Yeah, and this is the subjective stuff that we're always talking about in the offseason. You know, the, these rankings, this ranking, that ranking, and 
Uh, th this is what gets the masses fired up, and uh, in some cases, rightfully so. Uh, I tend to believe, uh, like you kind of indicated, that um, Oklahoma has a really good chance of being better than all of those teams defensively, and I think they're going to make a charge and in a hurry. I, I just believe in this coaching staff. I, I think uh, w when you look at Hall and Valai in the secondary, they're going to get bigger players there. Uh, that are going to be able to compete on the back end. That's been an issue for Oklahoma at times. Obviously, uh, like, like I said earlier, you got to get some depth at all three levels. You, you're losing some key playmakers. I mean, Perrion Winfrey, a really good player. Nick Benito going to the Broncos, a really an impact player who uh, could certainly have a, a really good NFL career. Brian Osaboa, a good player. So, you know, you're replacing some of those pieces, but Again, I just believe in the process. Uh, the, the proof is in the pudding. I know that's kind of a cliche, but uh, Brent Venables, you, you can look and see what he did at Clemson, and th there's plenty to draw on there to believe that Oklahoma within the next couple or three years is going to have a really, really stingy defense. So we need to talk Oklahoma softball. The Sooners, okay, breaking news, they're the number one overall seed in the NCAA softball tournament. We've got to break that down. But before we do, just a final thought defensively on Oklahoma. Talking future defense, uh, talking future defensive rankings. Thank you, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, for putting this uh, together and for basically saying that, you know, seven or eight programs that we don't think are going to be better than OU will be better than OU for the next three years. So have fun with that, uh, all of you Sooner fans listening out there. Get on the social media and let our friend Adam Rittenberg hear all about that. Just your general thoughts, though. What what do you expect out of this 2022 Oklahoma defense? The They've had a ton of additions this offseason to that defense. I know that we talked a little bit, you did right there, about some of the defections from this defense, but how good going in, what what do you expect out of it? How optimistic are you? Good enough to win the Big 12. They, they, need, they need to be a good enough defense to, to win the Big 12. Uh, you have guys like uh, Jeffrey Johnson, uh, who's an addition from Tulane. Uh, Ethan Downs is a, a potential breakout player uh, this season on the defensive line. And so uh, as much as we talk about those defections, there's some really talented uh, players coming back. Danny Stutzman obviously can take his uh, play to another level. Jaron Kanick is a freshman who I really, really like, guys. Uh, I mean, he, he just jumps off the page when you look at his athleticism. And so uh, but there, there are plenty of pieces for this defense to be a good, good defense. And, and uh, I think that's the plan. You talk to these guys, and uh, they're planning on having a defense that uh, turns into a dominant unit, and I don't think that's too far down the line. Uh, to me, you want to be really uh, complete on both sides of the ball and uh, complete enough, uh, I think, to win the league. That's the goal here. So number one overall seed, the Oklahoma Sooners softball team, 
Speaking of football, though, we've got those win-loss numbers coming out, and our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. We've got conference finals coming up that uh, there's plenty of options out there. Major League Baseball, uh, we've got a ton of games left in that season that you can uh, wager on. BetOnline, it's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. That's BetOnline where the game starts so told you oklahoma softball number one overall seed we thought joey that going into the big 12 tournament oklahoma was pretty secure that even if they didn't win that big 12 tournament they were going to be the number one overall seed we found out that was exactly the case and if you missed it here you go oklahoma the number one Overall seed, they're hosting the Norman Regional. They welcome in Prairie View A&M. They also have Texas A&M in the regional and Minnesota in the regional. They're set to play the winner of the Orlando Regional. 16 seed UCF, they'll take a, and then Michigan and South Dakota State, the other two teams in that Orlando Regional. What did you think? Obviously, uh, there's a lot to recap in terms of Oklahoma softball. What what did you think about Oklahoma not capturing the Big 12 tournament title and falling to Oklahoma State? Yeah, so first thing, obviously, I was surprised that Oklahoma didn't win that game. And frankly, I I was actually surprised at what the matchup was in that game. I I actually projected Texas to to win that semifinal over Oklahoma State. So – uh, that was a really impressive showing by Oklahoma State. Uh, I think it, it tells me more about them than it does Oklahoma. We, we've seen uh, throughout the entire season, Oklahoma's the team to beat. Uh, what what I got out of that was uh, o- Oklahoma State was a top eight team and worthy of that. And so um, Oklahoma, you know, you, you look and um, I think the only thing that could have derailed being that number one overall pick is if they had lost a semifinal somehow and they took care of business there. So um, it's it's one game. I don't think you react too much off of it. Um, you got Oklahoma, I did not feel, was very good offensively in either of those games. And so you go back to the drawing board a little bit, get practice this week, and then uh, prepare for a regional that uh, is pretty interesting. A&M, it's clear – the, the committee, when I projected, I did not think they would send Texas A&M to Norman again. They, they've been here so many times, and yet uh, the committee kind of to me said, uh, I don't care how many times you guys have been sent there. We're sending you to Norman again. So uh, them and then Minnesota um, is an interesting matchup out of the Big Ten. And Prairie View A&M, uh, for people that maybe haven't followed their season uh, they had a horrible start and then went on a huge winning streak at the end and then won their league and they're below 500. Oklahoma should not have any issues with this Prairie View A&M team. I don't expect this to be any kind of interesting matchup. So you've been putting together your college softball bracketology. For folks that are unfamiliar, Joey Helmer of uh, OUinsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. That's right. That's why you can see that 247 right there, right behind Joey in the backdrop. What have you learned 
from the bracketology process. I mean, that is a, first of all, hats off to you because that's an arduous task to try and put a bracket together and think about all those different teams and look at resumes. But what have you learned from it? I'll be honest with you. I have complained about the NCAA basketball selection committee and all of us have so many times and, uh, through doing this, th this was the first season I projected softball, and um, I, I have a new appreciation for some of the deliberation uh, that they go through. Because when you get, uh, you know, when you look at the bottom line of the hosts, it, it's so difficult. The, the last three, um, to me, came down to UCF, Missouri, and Texas, and uh, that ended up being. Um, I, I went with UCF from Missouri. That ended up being the two. But the resumes of those teams are so close. And then the resumes of the teams that are on the bubble, they are so, so comparable in so many ways. And you like you look at one number and you lean one way for one team, and then you look at another metric and it's like, well, that team's better on that. The other team's better on the other metric. So you're almost flipping a coin at times and uh, trying to – to think about what you value the most. There, there's so many different things you look at in terms of RPI, strength of schedule, uh, you know, top 25 wins, top 50 wins, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I've gained a much greater appreciation of what the committee goes through when they sit down in that room and they try and sort through all these teams. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the elephant question in the room. Jordy Ball did not pitch for Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. Patty Gasso has provided a couple of injury updates here and there, but really at this point it's sort of up in limbo, uncertain what her postseason future looks like for Oklahoma. So what are you hearing about that, Joey? And if Jordy, let's say, can't pitch for Oklahoma until they get to the Women's College World Series, knock on wood, assuming that they can get that done and advance through and get there. What does that mean for Oklahoma's chances? And what if uh, Jordy Ball can't pitch at all? What does that mean for OU? This worries me on a couple of levels. Um, I think the biggest thing that this worries me with, though, is the mentality. I feel like last weekend Oklahoma didn't necessarily have the edge that they normally have. Look, Hope Troutwine and Nicole May are both really good pitchers. I mean, they are. They're good enough to, I think, certainly take Oklahoma to the World Series, if not win it. But Jordy Ball, when you see her in the circle, when you see her kind of prancing around and in between pitches and just the energy she brings, it's infectious to the entire team. And at least to me, it seems like they kind of lacked some of that energy from her last weekend. And so uh, that's where it maybe worries me the most if she's not able to go. We'll see if that's the case moving forward. Hopefully, obviously, um, she is able to. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're going to need her in regionals if she's still not good to go and uh, maybe needs another week with what Patty Gasso is called soreness, then go ahead and maybe give her another week. But um, I I will say that um, it, it deeply concerns me. If she's not available to go uh, throughout the Women's College World Series, I'm not sure I can pick them to win the whole thing. 
Um, there, there's a number of other good teams. Florida State's really good. Arkansas is a team that um, obviously the committee respected them by giving them the four seed, but uh, I think in some ways they're a team that people may not be talking about enough right now. And so um, I would not like Oklahoma to have to play Arkansas without Jordy Ball. It, it's a big-time concern. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Patty obviously talked about the doctors being involved, and that to me was a little bit alarming. So we'll know something here in the next couple of days and uh, see how things progress moving forward. Hopefully she's okay, though, to return at some point. Oklahoma certainly needs her. Yeah, I mean, as long as Oklahoma keeps winning and as long as Jordy Ball's not throwing in the circle for Oklahoma, that's going to be the question. Is she coming back? When is she coming back? And what does it mean the further and deeper Oklahoma gets into the postseason? Joey, great stuff. Inaugural appearance on Locked On Sooners. You got to love it, baby. Tell everybody where they can find your work if they're looking for some of that bracketology stuff. I know we got a bracket now, but what do you have coming up here the next couple of uh, weeks? And tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so we'll obviously have all the uh, the recaps, reaction, the pregame Um discussion from the coaches obviously Patty Gasso and the players that uh, they make available to us all of that you can find at ouinsider.com and uh, we will have you covered throughout the postseason Uh, this is an exciting time of year I think Oklahoma fans certainly love this time of year and so we will uh, pretty much be wall-to-wall covering this team throughout the next few weeks and hopefully to Oklahoma City and the end of Oklahoma City and uh, again, hopefully Jordy Ball is able to, uh, you know, kind of put the the final stamp on what's been an amazing first season for her and get back here healthy in the coming days. At Joey Helmer 247, if you're looking for him on Twitter. Joey, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Great stuff, as always. Enjoyed it. And before we get out of here, just real quick, thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. Speaking of softball, a little – little heads up for everybody out there. Chris Plank joining us on our next episode of Locked On Sooner. So that's going to be fun. My co-host over there on The Ref. Now, uh, of course, you can get plenty of Big 12 news as well. Expert Josh Neighbors, he's our man over with the Locked On Big 12. So get all of your daily Big 12 news, all of it, in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, again, free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's it for us. Chris Plank coming up in the next episode of Locked On Sooners. Boomer Sooner, everybody.